Hey, welcome to Vine Church Fort Myers podcast. We are glad that you took time to listen. We pray that the message of grace empowers you today. Look, I'm super excited for this message for real. I'm so ready. Edu, are you ready? Are we ready, Edu? I'm super excited. Because this message is actually really, really powerful. So I just want you to you guys to get ready, man. Look, tonight we're speaking about the spirit of Christ, amen. And I don't know if you guys watch. There is a movie that is called Spirit of Christmas. You guys know this movie, Spirit Spirit of Christmas. That's just a joke with the movie, okay? We literally, and I know some people. Do, I don't know if you guys say this as much as I think you do, but we're preaching about the spirit of Christmas, amen. But we're going to speak only about Jesus, only about the only one who matters. Amen. And as you see there, he's saying the reason for the season. Amen. So Jesus is the reason of this season. So you might be expecting to get some gifts on December 25th. And you're saying, I'm going to wake up really early. And uh, not you guys probably. You guys know there is no such thing as, as uh, Santa Claus, right? You know that, right? You guys know this by now. Okay. So guys, I'm so sorry. Your parents have lied to you your whole life. Did you guys write your letters to Santa Claus? You guys do this year, write letters as well or no? Did you ever write a letter for Santa Claus? You wrote a letter? Did you ever receive what you asked? Yeah, I barely received anything I asked because I would ask things that, you know, of course, it would not, my parents, my grandparents would never give it to me or my parents. So at the end of the day, they would give me my soccer team jersey. That's all I got all my Christmas for like five years. So every Christmas, they would just get the same soccer team jersey, you know, pack, you know, wrap again and give it to me. So I felt very excited about Christmas. But anyways, you might be coming to this service and I want you to forget Christmas and focus on Christ Jesus. Amen. Can we do this tonight? Can we focus on Christ Jesus? And as you notice, I see a bunch of empty chairs tonight and it's just Christmas and some people are traveling and I don't agree, they should not be traveling, they should be service tonight. And some people just chose not to come because they're doing something better. But I don't think they're doing something better. I think you're doing the best thing tonight. I think you are here tonight. And I think, and I'm pretty sure about this, that God wants to speak to all of us. Amen. So can you just close your eyes right now? Let me pray for us. Bow your heads. Father, I want to thank you so much for tonight. I want to thank you so much, Jesus, because you are good. You are always good and nothing but good, Jesus. I want to thank you, Father, because you loved us so much. I want to thank you, God, because you have given us to us, your son. And I want to thank you, Jesus, because you gave up your life because of us. You loved us so much to the point of death. And you gave up yourself because of us. It's because of you that tonight we can approach God. We can come before God and we can pray and we can have a relationship with God. It was all because of you, God. It's all because of you, Jesus. And we thank you so much. Because I know that some of us and maybe most of us cannot yet understand and don't even realize the price that you pay 
But tonight, Father, I pray in Jesus' name that we may understand the spirit of Christ, that we may understand that the price that you paid wasn't just, you know, oh, I'm just going to say that I love them. I'm just going to, you know, send them words. You know, I'm just going to write them a book called Bible. No, no, no. You actually came. You took action. You gave up your life because of us. You gave up your life on that cross. And I pray in Jesus' name that we may realize and understand this reality of what you have done for us, Father. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And amen. Amen, guys. So let's read this verse. It's 2 Peter 1, 2. says like this. May grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. You can leave that verse for a little bit right now. So let me, let me ask you something. This year, some of you maybe struggle or you were just very anxious throughout the year you know this year was not the most amazing cool fun year to to live and you know maybe you struggle and you lost peace throughout the year you know you you're going in the in march you're all you know amazing you know february was cool you know january you had all these amazing sayings oh you know 2020 will be the best year of my life 2020 will be the year that I get married. 2020 will be the year that I find my wife or my husband. Some of you actually did. Congratulations, you guys are getting married. So some of you are thinking all these amazing things. I'm going to, you know, graduate. You know, my college will be amazing. I'm going to get only A plus A. You know, my, I'll, I'll be the best one in my class. And actually, you didn't have school for almost a few months. You, know, you had to go online and you... Don't, didn't have a classroom anymore. Oh, I'm going to make friends. I'm going to evangelize. I'm going to be used by God. I'm, gonna bring, I'm, I'm going to bring my whole school to Christ. And you lost peace because you couldn't do these things. You know, you just lost peace. And he's saying, may grace and peace be multiplied. And let me tell you something. Grace is really good. Grace is so good because I want you to understand this. That sin and temptation still exists. But grace is what empowers you to overcome it. Grace is what gives you power to say, look, you don't need to go back in sin anymore because now you have grace. You have Jesus himself coming, dying, giving up his life for you. You have grace. And actually the Bible says that for those who sin much, more grace was given. So because your sins were so great and so crazy, you actually received more grace somehow because, because your sins require more grace. So each one of us re receive the grace that we are required to receive. So let me tell you something. Do you want more grace and more peace in your life for 2021? Do you want to receive more grace to just, you know, you, you walk inside of this business and you are applying for a job and the boss comes to you and say, you know, I just like the way you are. I'm just going to hire you right now and I'm going to give you a better, you know, salary. Do you want to go back to your job and, you're, and your boss actually tells you, I, I want to make you a branch manager. I want to make you, you know, I want to give you a better job. I want to, you know, your, your school teacher just comes to you, you know, you're such a good student that I'm just going to pass you in this class. I don't know. You know, do you want to have more grace so when you talk to your parents, they will actually understand what you're saying? You need grace for that because, you know, sometimes I talk to my parents and I feel like, and Charlie talks to me and I don't understand what he's saying too, so now I know what the, how they feel. But do you want more grace to just, you know, when you preach someone, just say, yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. I want to go to your life group thing. I don't even know what that is, but I want to go there. Do you want more grace to talk to people in your relationships and just build more stronger and, and deeper and real relationships? Do you want more grace to multiply finances? Do you want more grace to actually know how to invest in the stock market and not just waste money? Do you want more grace to actually live life and just be filled with joy 
Do you want more peace tonight? May grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge. So how can I have more grace? How can I have more peace? You know, I actually need more grace for 2021 because if 2021 is going to be a second round of 2020, actually I need way more grace. I need more peace because I don't know how to deal with these things. In the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. Amen. So how can I have more grace? How can I have more peace? How can these things happen when you have the knowledge? When you know who Jesus truly is. When you know more of Jesus. When you learn more of Jesus. When you have more revelation of what he has done for you. When you understand truly what it is finished means. It is finished means you have more grace. When you actually understand what Jesus has done for you. You can have more grace. When you actually know who God truly is and what he thinks about you. You live in peace. You know you're not afraid of God anymore. You're not in fear thinking, if I don't go to this thing, if I don't read my Bible this much, if I don't pray every single day, you know, God might be angry at me. No, no, no. God is just saying, just know me. Because when you know me, you won't even have a schedule. You won't, you won't need Bible plan. You won't need, you know, to, to remind yourself on your phone, you got to pray right now for 10 minutes. No, no, no. You're just going to enjoy me so much that your life will become a prayer life. Your, 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 your Bible reading, your Bible study, won't be Bible study, it will be Bible enjoyment moment. You know, I want to take a break, so you go read your Bible, you go pray, you go meditate, you just go and think about Jesus. You want more grace and peace, just know who God is. Just know who Jesus is. Let's read 1 Corinthians 1.21, and Paul is saying like this, Since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know him through human wisdom. So the world did not know who Jesus was, who God was. He pleased God, he pleased God to save those who believe through the madness of preaching. So Paul is saying, do you know how God saves people? Through preaching. Paul is saying, God, you know, God shows through the madness of saying words to people to actually save them. Jews ask for signs and Greeks seek wisdom. We, however, preach Christ crucified, which in fact is a scandal for Jews and folly for Gentiles. But for those who were called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. Amen. So as we preach Christ, the spirit of Christ throughout December, my desire is that you understand this that Paul is saying here. We preach Christ crucified. And when we preach Christ crucified, people actually think that you're crazy. And they think, how can Jesus, you know, you're saying that I can go to heaven just because you're saying these words and I believe in your words? Yes, you can go to heaven just because I'm saying to you these words today. And because you believe that God, that, that, that God himself became the son of man and was born from a virgin and he gave up his life for you on that cross and he never sinned and now he has taken all your sins away and now you're forgiven you're righteous and because you believe that the third day he resurrected and went back to heaven you can be saved man when you when you when you just think of the things that i just told you it's even crazy just to believe first of all do i believe in this right now but that's what the bible says through the madness of preaching, 
God chose to serve, to, to save us. Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. So let me tell you something. If you have any problem in your life right now, if you have any questions, Christ is always the answer. So how can I know this, God? Christ is the wisdom of God. God, I don't have power. I don't have strength. I can't do this. He's the power of God. What do you need? You need Christ Jesus crucified. What is the answer? What is the question that you have tonight? What was your problem in 2020? Oh, COVID. Was it? No, no. What, what was your real problem? What, what was something that you dealt with that was hard for you? And I'll tell you guys, I have some things that I had to deal with in 2020. I had to deal with myself in 2020. I, have to find, I had to find out things about me that I didn't know, that thank God COVID, I'm not saying COVID happened, but thank God quarantine happened. Thank God you, you had to stay with people every single day, every single moment. Thank God you actually had to see things in you that you didn't know before. You know, I thank God because I could grow because I found out Jesus was so gracious and so good to me that he forgave me even when I was making a mistake. So Jesus was not forgiving me at that moment, but actually when I, when I made something wrong, when I made a mistake, Jesus was saying, you're already forgiven. So you made something wrong, but you can walk out of this place just knowing you're already righteous. You're already, you know, you're not only forgiven, but you're righteous. So we go to 1 Corinthians 2, 2, and he says like this. Paul is saying, for I have decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Oh, Father, we are preaching about the spirit of Christ tonight. My prayer is that you may understand this verse for I have decided to know nothing among you. Guys, who is saying this right now is Apostle Paul. He himself called himself the apostle of the apostles. He was the greatest of the teachers. He was the best of the best in his time. And he's saying, I went to a Bible school actually. I, I'm a theologian. I know what I'm talking about. I know what I'm preaching. I know better than you, masters of the law. I know better than all you pastors and, and preachers and leaders. I know better than all of you. And he's saying, because I know better, I understood something. That there's nothing else to know. I chose to know nothing among you. So it doesn't matter what you're telling me tonight. It doesn't matter, you know, the studies that you have done about God and whatever. There's only one thing that you need to know. Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Amen. So what is the problem in your life? Is your problem finances? Is, the, is your problem, I don't know, your relationships? What do you need is to know Christ and Christ. You know, you know what's the problem? That when we have a problem, instead of looking to Jesus, we go look for 10, 10, 10 ways to fix my business. 10 ways to fix my marriage. 10 ways to fix my, 10 ways to get better in my school, 10 ways to be a better friend, 10 ways to lead people. How many of you have read these books called 10 ways to influence people? I read books like this, many of them, 21 ways, you know, Joe Maxwell all day. You know, you actually go to seminary thinking that seminary will make you a pastor. How many of you know people that left church after seminary? Maturity course won't change you. You know, leadership training won't make you the best leader and pastor. And I can tell you because I have done it. I'm not the best one. I'm actually the worst one. I'm going to say like Paul. I'm the worst of the sinners. 
And that's what Paul figured out at the end of his life. He says, I'm the worst of the sinners. The apostle of grace, the one who knew God like no one else, the one who actually saw Jesus Christ, Jesus himself called him after he was already in heaven. He's saying to you and I tonight, look, stop looking for answers in other places. You know, 2020 was so hard and none of you could figure it out. None of you really knew how to deal with the situation. And instead of going to Jesus, you went to look at people. You came to your pastors. You came to your leaders. You went to a financial institution. You went to your banks and you begged them for help. You tried so hard. And, cried, and, and Paul is saying, why are you trying to know things that at the end of the day don't really matter? I chose to know nothing among you except Christ Jesus and Christ crucified. Paul goes so far as to say that at his age, he was the best of the Jews, before the law blameless, Pharisee of Pharisees. When he says that he is literally saying that everything he knew and learned, he would not use anymore. Because he was all human wisdom. That is why he said that the, G the Jews asked for signs and the Greeks looked for wisdom. But we decided to know nothing except Christ Jesus and Christ crucified. No matter what the question is, Jesus will always be the answer. Amen. So what is the question? What was the problem in your 2020? What did you face that you couldn't deal with? What was the problem? Jesus is always the answer. The success of a Christian life is if we want to be successful in marriage, at work, raising children, we must build our lives in Christ Jesus. And not a part of our life, but all of it. You know, some of us, we want to build just a part of my life in Christ. You know, just these things will go to church. You know, I'll go to church to figure out my marriage, but everything else I already have an answer. It's my books, it's my studies, you know, the things that I know, I, I know how to answer this already. When we build our lives on Jesus, we will not be shaken because Jesus is the answer for all questions. You know, I'm here to tell you tonight that when you build your life in Jesus, there's nothing else you need that is not already in Him. So when I build my life in Jesus, there's nothing else that I need that He doesn't already have. Jesus has the answer for everything. Oh, what is the question? The question is, I have a problem in my heart. Ezekiel 36, 26 says, And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit, and I will put within you. So what is the problem? Is your heart? No, my problem is my marriage. I have a problem with my wife, my husband. Ephesians 5, 25. Husbands, love your wives as Christ has loved the church, and he gave himself for her. And just as Jesus has become irresistible to you, to you, and that is why you are here, you will become for your wife when she sees you doing for her what Christ has done for you. So, husbands, love your wives. The Christ has loved the church. And none of you guys are husbands, only me. So I'm telling myself and Edu, and maybe João, and maybe Pedro. You want to have, Carlos, you're married too. I forgot about you. I didn't see him there. I'm so sorry. So me and Carlos and Edu in a few weeks, if you want to have an awesome marriage, just look to Jesus. And he will tell you, love your wives as I have loved the church. 
Because the reason why we come on Saturday night to service or Sunday morning to, to this building, why we go to life group on Wednesdays, is because he has loved us so much and now we don't know what to do. We have nowhere else to go. Like the disciples said to Jesus, Jesus asked them, are you guys not going to leave as well? Everyone left. Why are you here? And Jesus and the disciples said, because there's no one else to go. Where else, where else are we going to go, Jesus? You're the only one who has the answer. You're the only one who has the life that we need. You're the only one who has everything that we need. Where, where else are we going to go? There's no one else. There, there's nowhere else to go. Jesus is the answer for everything. Hebrews 1, 3 says like this. He is the radiance of the glory of God in the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. So just focus on the first two sentences. He is the radiance of the glory of God in the exact imprint of his nature. You know, some of you love to ask or love to say, you know, I'm not sure what is the purpose of God in this situation. I don't know what God wants to do right now. I'm not sure if that's what Jesus, what God will do. And even some churches preach things that are not really Jesus-centered and not really Jesus-founded as well. And they like to say, you know, God will avenge you and he will kill your enemies. God will come. And you know, the Bible actually says that God will avenge us. But the Bible doesn't say that God will kill our enemies in the New Testament. And some people say, no, God will fight the fight for me. And he will destroy my enemies. And he will do all these things. And, and no, God is my avenger. You know, I'm here to tell you, there are things that we are reading they are not really based on Christ Jesus, but just in our understanding of what we think the Bible is saying. So in the Old Testament, people would say, I'm not sure what God wants to do. I'm not sure what is going on in this situation. You know, why is God going to send fire from heaven? Why is God doing all these things? And the people in the Old Testament, they didn't know who God really was. Because in the same way, if you, if you, wake, if you woke up earlier today, you notice that the skies of Fort Myers was very cloudy. You guys, you guys noticed that? You went outside and there was a bunch of clouds. You couldn't see anything, of course, in the skies. And it was just clouds. It was just a cloudy day in Florida. And you look up and you knew that the sun was there because the sun is there. Amen. You guys know that the sun is just above the clouds. You just cannot see it, but you know it's there. So some of us, we, we know that the sun is there, but we don't know where it is actually. And we don't know how it is right now. And when we look up, we can't really see anything. We don't know what it's trying to do. We don't know where it's going. We don't understand the sun because it's just very cloudy. But you know the sun is there. So the same thing happened in the Old Testament. People knew that God was there. But they didn't know what God was doing. They couldn't hear from God. They had to go to this priest, and the priest would speak to God. God. God would speak to the priest, and then they would find out what God was actually saying because only that person could speak to God and no one else. So Jesus comes, and he says, I'm taking the clouds away. I'm going to clean the skies for you today. And when you look up, you're going to see a bright, a blue bright sky and you're going to be able to see the sun know where it is understand the sun and you're going to be your vision will be clear about what the sun is actually doing so the bible is saying 
He is, Jesus Christ is the radiance of the glory of God in the exact imprint of His nature. So Jesus is God on earth. Jesus is God living. So if you don't know the question, if you don't know the answer for something, you say, Jesus is the answer for this. Oh God, what do you want to do right now? Jesus is the answer for this situation. You look to Jesus and you will know what you, what you are supposed to do. So in the Old Testament, they would say, who can understand the mind of God? Who can understand His ways? That's what the Old Testament is actually saying. Who can understand God? Who can know His ways? Who, who knows what God is trying to do right now? No one can understand God. And then in the New Testament, 1 Corinthians 2.16 says like this. So now, for who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? Guys, pay attention right now. Who has understood the mind of God? But we have the mind of Christ. So it's not a question of if you know what God is trying to do. It's a, it's a question of do you understand what Christ is trying to do? Do you know who Christ is? Do you know Jesus? Because Jesus is the exact imprint of his nature. Jesus is God on earth. Jesus is God walking. So, that, you know, does God, does God love this, this woman that just found in adultery? Does God really love her? You know, let's stone this woman because she has sinned. And the law actually says that if, she, if, if a woman was caught in adultery, she was supposed to be stoned. So all the Pharisees, the law was, you know, around the woman saying, let's stone her right now. Let's kill her because she sinned. And now Jesus comes and it, it, let, come on, that was the law of God, right? That was the law of God. So who knows what God is trying to do? Let's just kill the woman. She's a sinner. But now God walking comes and asks them, who here has never sinned may throw the first stone? So Jesus never said, you cannot throw this stone. Jesus just said, those who has never sinned throw the first rock. So Jesus is not saying to you, you cannot do something. He's actually saying, just see my ways. Just understand what I'm trying to do. Jesus is not trying to tell you what you can or cannot do. He's saying to you, just look to me and you know the answer for everything. Just look to me and you know that you're not supposed to kill this woman because just like she is a sinner, you are as well. Just like she has made a mistake, you have as well. Just like she does not deserve my love, my grace, my forgiveness, my blessings, you don't as well. But we have the mind of Christ. So guys, when you see that you're thinking or doing something that doesn't look like Jesus, you just got to tell yourself, I have the mind of Christ right now. I have the mind of Christ. I have the spirit of God inside of me. I don't need to behave like this. I don't need to say this. I don't need to think like this because I have the mind of Christ. You know, some people will say, no, but I know, you know, Jesus forgives and he loves people. He's so gracious. Jesus is so cool, you know, but the Bible says this and this and this. And they will say, it is in the word of God. It is in the Bible. You know, how many of you has ever heard someone coming to you and say, it's in the Bible so I can do it. It's in the Bible so I can condemn this person. It's in the Bible so I can stone this woman right now. It's in the law. It's in the Bible. Let me tell you something, guys. 
If Jesus is not the word for you, you are not yet understanding the word of God. Amen. Jesus is the word of God alive. Jesus is not just a page in my Bible. Jesus is the very word of God. So don't read the Bible just trying to find Jesus and say, oh, Jesus is somewhere right here in Matthew, John, you know. Oh, he's here in this, in this, in this couple of pages, four Gospels. Let me read them and I will know who Jesus is. No, no, no. Jesus is in the entire Bible. So if you cannot read the Word of God, if you cannot read the Bible and find Jesus in every single place, you're not reading the Bible. You're not reading the Bible in the right way. You're reading the Bible trying to understand in your own human understanding. And I will tell you, that won't work. Because you're going to find ways to condemn, to kill people. You're going to pray like David saying, you know, God, I want you to mock and kill my enemies. And Jesus comes and teaches us to love and pray for our enemies. So you're going to find reasons to say, you know, if David is saying, if David's praying, that means I can do the same. No, God, kill my enemies. Kill the people who mock on me this year. Kill the people who's persecuting me. And Jesus is saying, I ask you to pray for them and love them and forgive them. So you're going to find reasons to just have your own interpretation of the Bible. Jesus is the key for you to read and interpret the Bible in the right way. So if you want to have the right understanding and meaning of the things that you're reading, you're reading the Word of God, you need to know that God's justice and God's righteousness is not like ours. You know, we say, God, kill my enemies. God is saying, pray for your enemies. You know, our justice is, you know, you have made something wrong. You made a mistake. You wronged me. The thing that you did, I did not like. And, and, and because of that, you should be punished right now. So our justice says, the one who made a mistake flees from the one who has the right to punish. So because I made a mistake, I, I got to flee from such person. Because I made something wrong in my job, I got to flee from my boss. Because I disobey my parents, I got to flee from them. They cannot see that I did not organize my room today. They cannot see that I spend more money than I should. They, you know, because I disobey, I got to flee from the one who can punish me. But you know what the Bible actually says? That for those who have disobeyed, for those who have sinned against God, when you approach God, you are not punished for your sins, but you're actually justified. So when you approach Jesus as a sinner, he says, okay, now you came close to me. Now you came towards me. I'm going to make you righteous. I'm not going to punish you. I'm going to make you righteous. I'm going to justify all of your sins. So when we come before God, we're not coming afraid and saying, you know, he's going to punish me. He's going to kill me. No, no, no. God is, God's justice is not like ours. God is so just that whoever approaches God is not punished, but is justified. The church wanted to kill the adulterous woman, but Jesus said, no, not today, because I'm here. And Jesus says, your sins are forgiven, go and sin no more. So Jesus actually, let's kill the woman, the law says, and Jesus comes and says, no, 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 we're not killing no one today. I'm actually forgiving her sins, and I'm deliberating her. I'm, I'm setting her free today. You understand that? So the world, the law, the church sometimes wanted to crucify people just like we did to Jesus. And then, you know, the Bible actually says that the Pharisees and the law were together. So who was together? The Pharisees and the law. 
So let's be clear. The church was together in this place. And they asked the governor. And the governor asked them, who do you want to release? Who do you want to kill today? Who are we going to kill today? And they turned to them and they said, we're going to release Barabbas. And we're going to kill Jesus. We want to kill Jesus today. So the law is actually saying, you know, let's kill this man because he's dangerous. So Jesus was never a problem for sinners. And that's the spirit of Christ. And that's what we need to understand for this next year. Jesus was never a problem, a danger for sinners. Jesus was a danger for the so-called church in the time. There was no worry that's church. Just for you to understand. Jesus was never a danger for sinners. But he was, he was very dangerous for those who wanted to keep the law and not live in the spirit of Christ. So what is the spirit of Christ? Now the truth that you need to understand is death, condemnation, accusation doesn't come from Jesus. doesn't come from God at all. It's never from God. If someone comes to you and says, no, I feel like God wants to punish you for your sins, that's why you're going through all these things. Don't believe them. They're lying to you. Because that's not what the Word of God says in John 10, 10. Here you see the Spirit of Christ. Here you see what Christ is doing. So the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But Jesus says, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. So Jesus is saying, do you want to know what I'm trying to do? Why I came? I, don't, I didn't come to condemn you. I didn't come to kill and destroy you. I came that you may have life and life abundantly. That's why Jesus came. That's why God sent his only begotten son because of us. That's the spirit of Christ. And now to finish my message, I want to speak about this story. It's in Genesis 27, 1 to 29. We're not going to read that. It's too much. But I'm going to summarize for you. And you can read tonight if you want to. It's basically the story of Jacob and Esau. And now Isaac and Rebecca, they're a couple. They're married. And Isaac, he's almost dying. He's, you know, he's finished his last days. And he's about to die and he comes to his elderly son his firstborn which is Esau and he, and he tells him my son okay let, let's open the verse uh 27 1 just want to show us some points right here he comes to Jacob to Esau and he says to Esau son go and kill an animal bring it to me you know cook for me bring it to me and I'll bless you with your, with the firstborn blessing and now if you go back to the first verse go back to the first verse it says like this when Isaac was old and his eyes were dim so that he could not see he called Esau so I just want to point this out for you Isaac could not see anymore Isaac was blind and he was almost dying and now he calls his elderly son Esau and he and he tells him look go and kill an animal and bring it to me so I can give you the firstborn birthright blessing you know I'm gonna eat from your game I'm gonna eat from from the animal and now you're gonna receive your blessing but now his wife Rebecca heard this story she heard the conversation she heard what Isaac spoke to Esau and she called her younger son 
she called Jacob. And she goes to Jacob and she says, son, come over here. I got to tell you something. So I just heard your father speak to your brother Esau. And they were talking about the, first bla the, fir the, the blessing of the firstborn. And your, your dad told him to go and kill an animal and bring it to him so he could eat and he would bless him. But my son, I want you to receive this blessing. Let me tell you something. If you have a mother like this, you don't need no enemies. She is your enemy already. So she's coming to her younger son who has nothing to do with the situation. And she's telling him, go and kill the animal you so you can receive the blessing. Guys, are you serious right now? And then, and then, and then Jacob turns to Rebecca and says, Mom, but if I do this and I get caught, my dad will curse me. And that's literally what Jacob says to his mom. He's saying, Mom, if I get caught, my dad will curse me. Look, he's not even thinking, Mom, this is wrong. He's just thinking, look how self-righteous the guy is. If I get caught, I'm going to get cursed. I don't care if I'm doing something wrong, Mom. I just care that I don't get cursed. That's how self-centered Jacob was at this moment. He didn't even think about Esau. Mom, but Esau, he's my brother. Come on. Mom, but I, you know, no, I don't care about whatever happens to anybody. I just care if I don't get cursed. So now Rebecca tells him, just go and kill the two goats that we have. Kill them. Bring them to me. And I'll cook the meal. So she's not only a mom who's betraying her elderly son, whatever, but she's actually telling her younger son, I'm going to cook because you can barely cook. You don't know how to do anything. You don't cook as good as your brother. I'm going to make the meal myself to make sure it's good, to make sure it's right. So she cooks. And when Jacob comes back, she gets the hair of the, of the goats and she puts on, her, on his wrists and his neck. And she gets Esau's best garment with his smell in it. And he plays over Jacob. So now, my mom went to my closet, got the best garment I have. And she gave to my younger son so he could get my blessing. And that's what Rebecca was doing at this moment. Now, Jacob comes before Isaac. And what did I tell you right in the beginning? Isaac could not what? So Isaac could not see, if you can find that verse to do, I don't know where it is right now, but if you could, that would be good. So Isaac is now there laying down, he can't see, and Jacob comes in and says, Father, I have the meal that you asked. And then, and then, then Isaac just says, but your voice does not sound like Esau, because I asked Esau to cook, not Jacob. Your voice doesn't sound like his voice so the voice is Jacob's voice but then he touched his hands and say but the hands are the hands of Esau so Isaac could not see and that's what actually the Bible says the Bible says that God can no longer see our sins that God not only forgave our sins but he forgot our sins so God cannot see our sins as well but God can hear our voice. And when God hears our voice, he says, that doesn't sound like Jesus. That sounds like Tulio. That sounds like João. That doesn't sound like Jesus. That sounds like Gustavo is speaking. Why are you speaking, Gustavo? No, no, it's me. It's Jesus. And then Isaac goes and touch Jacob and says, 
you don't sound like Jesus. But when I touch you, I feel Jesus. I feel the lamp. I feel the goats. I feel, the, you know, the hair. And then, then he goes and he smells. And he says, you know, you don't sound like Esau, but he smells just like you. Your smell is just like Esau smell. And then at this moment, Isaac blesses Jacob because he couldn't see the sins, but he could feel and he could smell the smell and he could feel how his sons felt. So he could feel Esau in Jacob. And here's what I want to tell you tonight. In the same way that Isaac blessed Jacob because his wife, Rebecca, I'm going to call Holy Spirit, convinced Jacob, look, it doesn't sound like Esau, but it is Esau. So Isaac, just obey me right now. Just, just bless Jacob because he came, he cooked. Actually, no, that's actually Jesus. That's actually our son. That's actually your son. So you can't deny the blessing anymore. And that's the same thing that the Holy Spirit does to us. He comes, he convinces us that we are God's children. He tells us, look, don't come thinking that you are yourself. When you come, I'm putting the garments of Jesus in you. I, I'm giving you the smell of Jesus. I'm putting the hairs of Jesus in you. So God no longer sees you, but now he sees Jesus. He smells Jesus. So when we come to God, he's not looking for our sins or even for us, but he's looking for Christ. He's looking for Jesus. Because of Christ, we cannot receive the blessing. Amen. Can you stand up tonight? When we come to God, He calls us Christ. That is why we can now receive the blessing. Because of the Lamb, we are justified and have the right to be blessed. The Lord's blessing is not conditional towards us, but it is a right that we can revoke and ask the Father because he has already decided to forget our sins. And now Christ is in us. And, he is, and we are the righteousness of God because of him. Amen, guys. Can you just close your eyes tonight? And I want to pray for you. And I want to pray for this. I want to just pray that you may truly understand that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That when we come before God, he's not seeing, he's not touching, he's not feeling Esau, he's feeling Jesus Christ. You know, he's not just imagining, oh, this is my, my elderly son Esau. No, no, no. This is Jesus Christ. So he's no longer seeing us as Jacob's. You know, hey, Jacob, why are you here? Why did you come to this place? Jacob, you're not supposed to be here. I'm looking for Jesus Christ. I'm looking for Esau right now. And, and when, I, when I hear your voice, it doesn't, you don't sound like Jesus. You don't sound like Esau. But I can feel the hairs. I can feel the smell. And you, you, you feel like him. When I touch you, it feels like him. So I'll bless you tonight. I'll bless you today. 
And I want you to understand that this is the spirit of Christ. You know, Christ not only chose to give up his life on that cross and forgive you from your sins, but he chose to give up his life so you actually could have.